his um, his hair hung down over his shoulders almost like a mane. Like he had like long hair coming off his head. Um, I think that it knew that it was scaring us. When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And just darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. I knew what I heard was God. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. On this episode, I talked to Michael, and he's from Big Sky Country, Montana. He has uh, found a lot of evidence of Bigfoot on some of those mountain ridges out there, and he has done some work with Duke from World Bigfoot Radio, and Michael was able to take some photographs and video from when he he and Duke were out, and Michael actually sent me some photos to share. So if you go on my YouTube channel um, while you listen to this or after you listen to this, I'll let the audio play while I shared. Um, I made a slideshow of these photos. You don't want to miss this. We're talking tracks, you know, 20 plus inches long and some structures that make me think that maybe it's not just Bigfoot out there. Um, I'm leaning towards mountain giants because there, there is some, there, there are a few structures that are just inexplicable to me. Um, almost like ruins of buildings or walls being built um, with boulders the size of Volkswagen. It's just, it don't make sense. So uh, I really hope you enjoy this episode and please go to YouTube and check him out. Uh, you go to my, my YouTube channel, you know, the Bump Podcast, and uh, also check out Duke on World Bigfoot Radio if you don't already. All right. Thanks, guys. My name is Michael. I'm uh, from Northwest Montana, uh, born and raised. Uh, I've, I've visited a few states um, throughout my life, uh, nothing significant. Uh, I lived in Omaha for about 11 months. And unfortunately, I didn't get to meet with the, uh, the Omaha Res uh, Squatching Group there. Um, my, my friend and um, co-squatcher, uh, Duke um, from uh, Mon- uh, World Bigfoot Radio, uh, he's actually in contact with them uh, on a semi-frequent basis, and uh, they were supposed to have come up this summer um, to Montana to go squatching, but they had some unforeseen uh, family emergencies, so they weren't able to uh, follow through with that. Um, so hopefully this upcoming summer they can actually join us. Um, but I actually you know, was into the paranormal and cryptids and monsters and stuff from an early age, like a lot of us weirdos are, um, you know, preferring them over football or, you know, 
other passions. Yeah. Um, but I didn't actually get into squatching until about 2018. I decided to uh, pick up on some podcasts and they'd been around for a couple of years before that, but I hadn't really uh, downloaded any podcasting or streaming app like that until about that time. Um, and I was actually started off on YouTube and uh, I had discovered um, Breton Sons, uh, Mysteries to Search. I believe that's what his channel was and rest in peace, Breton. Um, but I had come across Duke's channel, World Bigfoot Radio. And he, he happened to say on the one episode that I was listening to um, that he was from Missoula, Montana. And it was just really funny because uh, my family had just moved to Missoula, which is actually like central Western Montana. Uh, it's all mountains on the western side and plains and plateaus and prairies on the east side. But when he when he said Missoula, Montana, I had to go back and be like, did he just say what I think he said? So, you know, I ended up finding him on Facebook and uh, connecting with him that way. Shortly thereafter, however, he uh, kind of got kicked off of Facebook, you know, for any controversial um things that he would say we all know how that's going nowadays where they like to censor everybody for everything so he kind of flipped them the bird and went to MeWe, and uh so that's how i was able to stay in contact with him um but it was i think may or june of 2018 when uh i was like hey you know um would we be able to go out, you know, looking for evidence? And it was probably about five o'clock in the evening. And he's like, well, we have, you know, another couple hours of daylight. So if we can uh, go ahead and get out there and, and, and uh, look for stuff, sure, why not? So we uh, met for the first time and uh, went out to what what's called uh, the Blue Mountain Range uh, right outside Missoula. And, it's, and after uh, hearing that, and on different podcasts, I find there's lots of blue mountains out there and they all seem to have Sasquatch around them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. if you've noticed. I mean, they're in uh, Australia, they have the blue mountain range and that's one of their big hot spots. But um, first time out, we parked along the, uh, the edge of the road and went down to an area that years previous he had uh, camped out. And it wasn't long before we actually found uh, my first uh, foot track and I want to say it was about 16 inches long and you I mean you could see that the toes and the heel I mean it wasn't super deep but you could see that it was a human sized foot you know or shaped foot but it was a little bit bigger so I got excited found some tree structures and uh, one thing that I'd heard about on podcasts but didn't really hear about growing up was that they walk on all fours not just on their hind legs yeah. And uh, I ended up finding a couple knuckle impressions that evening, which was the first for Duke. Um, you know, he'd been researching since the 70s, I believe. All right. And uh, and that was the first for him. So he was just surprised as heck. He was like, holy crap, dude, nice find. Because, I mean, we put our hands up against it and we're like, well, it looks like, you know, like if a human with big fingers was down on, you know, their knuckles like a gorilla. Um but, you know, we, we tried making sure it wasn't, you know, deer or elk that pressed down, but it wasn't 
that uh, tapered triangular look like the hooves of, uh, of deer or elk are. Um, and it wasn't, you know, uh, didn't have curvature like, like a large canine or, or a cat. And it wasn't massive like a grizzly bear. Cause you know, we, we got black bears and grizzly over here and some of our grizzlies can weigh over a thousand pounds. Oh, wow. But uh, grizzlies, they have the five pads and five claws, which is mm -hmm. why, you know, sometimes they say, well, maybe it's not a Bigfoot track. Maybe it's a grizzly track, uh, you know, with the foot and, and uh, paw print overlapping each other. And that's why it looks like Bigfoot. You know, there's the five digits. Well, this only had four, which would, uh, to me, imply, you know, something like on its knuckles, like a gorilla. Right. Um, so that was really exciting. And that first evening we'd found, I don't know, dozens of these large overturned boulders. I mean, they're, they're probably between, you know, a foot and three feet in uh, diameter. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're not huge. A human could do it, a bear could do it, but it would leave out, you know, raccoons or, or skunks. And even with the bear, you know, you, you'd find the, the claw marks if they were gonna dig up for, for grub or ants or whatever but it was missing any claw marks. So we thought that was kind of a, um, interesting to say. Um, and it was across the river from his old camping spot. Um, so we, we documented that. And I think that's on a couple of his, uh, couple of his shows that I'm, that I'm in. Uh, we, we show that because it's, it's, it's not normal to, to find those bigger rocks probably weighing right. between 20, 20 and 50 pounds each at least being overturned you know in the same area that we're finding you know tracks um and we've we've gone on a couple outings since then um i say between two and four every summer uh he now that i was able to give him a, a running vehicle he can you know go out more often since he's you know um unemployed you know he's retired basically and he's got um oh what's it called um a disability so he has partial disability claims right now so he can right. he, he can you know hike up the mountains for like a day or two and then he's kind of done for a week or two or three yeah. and so that's kind of what he does is uh he'll take a weekend out you know go try and document stuff come back home and rest and uh there's at least three or four um, outings every summer. I try and make sure I, I'm able to go along with him because when, when we're out, I'm the one usually carrying the backpack full of all the goodies, you know, the measuring tape and I have bear spray now and I've got this big full tang uh, buck knife and a couple other things. I got some filtering straws in case we get really thirsty while we're hiking the mountains. Yeah, um, and, and you will, uh, if, if you're able to go on and, and look at those videos that he puts on, they're the ones that I'm on. I, I can't remember all the different episodes. I'm on like three. Um, the most recent was on Christmas, episode 109, part okay. two. Um, you, you'll hear me a little winded. <laughs> I'm like, that's probably just because I'm, you know, fat. <laughs> but uh, we are we are uh, hiking up mountain and, and hills uh, that are littered with with tree fall, some of it, you know, natural, some of it you can't find the basis for, but I mean, we're having to climb over all this rough terrain. And uh, so it kind of makes sense that I'm going to be a little winded. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, um, so yeah, if if any of you guys want to go check out his channel, you can uh, you can get not just audio of of what's going on, but video and and pictures. Um, and I think occasionally he gets some audio put on there as well. So I mean, it's just an, another channel that people can can watch and listen to and learn what some people out in the in the uh, in the forest look for. I mean, not, not everybody does the same thing. You know, we don't go out there gifting apples and and bars of food. We don't do the whooping and hollering, you know, to try and bring them in. We don't do the, the clacking of rocks or wood knocks. You know, we we figure they're the masters of their domain. We come in, set up camp, and by that time they probably know that we're there. I mean, they they're so fast and so silent that they they can really ninja around the woods and know who's in their territory. Yeah. And so we figure, you know, they, there's no point in trying to hide that we're there, and there's no point in trying to trick them to call them in. You know, we don't do the the camera traps. We essentially just kind of go through and. Like when we're around the fire, just do normal camping stuff. And when we're out looking for evidence, it's, you know, tree structures and tracks or not, not so much scat. That's not something that I really want to delve into. I don't know <laughs> who really wants to pick up poop. All right. Um, so it's not something we really, really go for. We just kind of go for these more anecdotal, you know, um, evidence that something weird is going on. Right. Um if, if we ended up catching something on video, that'd be cool. Uh, nothing uh, concrete yet, just uh, video documentation and pictures of the tree structures and tracks. And up here, you know, we got lodgepole pines that can be, you know, 50 to 100 feet tall. And some of them are being used in these tree structures. So we're talking about, you know, six story X's and TP's. Wow. So, uh, like I said, if you guys, uh, want to go look at his channel you can see some of the stuff we document these are not things that could be just placed there by human hands um and i really don't think you know wind or snow load is gonna do what what some of these are because the, the biggest x we found um it's two lodgepole pines coming in at the x formation but they're crossing at a, a singular pole that has a y or a fork in it so they, they're crossing in that fork and yeah. then there's a, then there's an offshoot, um, like a, a, a third uh, tree that's near the base of one of the other ones, and the uh, bottom end is actually sticking up. So that's kind of weird. And this last summer, uh, you'll see on episode 109 of his channel, um, is cresting the, the ridge to the holler that that uh, tree structure is in. Uh, we didn't notice it the last time. I don't know how, but um, there's actually almost like a, a wall, like a straight line of these gigantic boulders that are probably almost as tall as me. And I'm, you know, five eleven, six foot with my shoes on. Um, and it's probably about 15 boulders in a straight line on the top of this, wow. this hall or this ridge is really yeah. weird. And we've, we've, we found other, uh, you know, megalithic type structures out there in this particular section of, of Montana uh, forest. And mind you, this area, where we find most of this stuff, um, it's closed most of the year. You can only get there, uh, I wanna say late spring to uh, early fall because the winter sets in up at those elevations 
uh, much sooner and stay as much longer. So it's, it, it's, it's really dangerous. It's only like a two, barely two lane road to get up to this mountain pass. Cause that's what it is. It's a mountain pass. Um, yeah. So you have to be careful sometimes pull over or slow down or stop to let, you know, a dually truck with the firewood to go by. Um, so, and then on one side, you got a, you know, the mountain going up the other side, you got it like a 400 foot drop, possibly even farther. And so, like I said, you don't want to make a mistake and it's, it's really narrow. So you're not getting, you know, the tourist, uh, traffic like you would in a glacier national park or, or, you know, one of those national forests, it's really, you know, light summer travel and, uh, people get gathering some firewood because, uh, there was a forest fire there a couple of years back. And so the forestry is just like, hey, you know, cut it up, take it out, use it for, for, for firewood, you know, no problems. You don't need a, a license or anything. They just, in fact, they encourage you to like, come, come clear this deadfall out because yeah, it's yeah. A, a hazard. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with how the uh, timber industry kind of almost got shut down, you know, a while back, you know, it's mm -hmm. allowed these forests to overgrow which of course, as we know, causes, you know, too much timber in an area and then it can be fire, you know, problems sure. in, in uh, yeah. the dry heat. And uh, it's never a good thing. Um, but yeah, this, uh, the, there's a teepee that you'll, you'll see in those videos. Um, and I might try and send to you. So, you know, if you want to put it up on, on your, uh, on your new channel, then the people can kind of see what's going on. Um, this teepee structure, um, it's, I want to say, less than 50 yards off the road. But like I said, it's it's thick in there, and you almost don't even notice it. Mm. And it is right next to a game trail that is right next to the creek that's up there. So wow. I'm, I'm wondering if something like that would be uh, almost kind of like a blind, you know, yeah. just that way they can peek at you know the elk or the deer or the moose that's coming through using that that uh, pathway because we we found tracks on there before this last year we found 19 inch tracks up there oh wow and, okay uh, yeah well they, they get bigger up here I've, I've had this discussion with people online i'm like you know down south where it's where it's hot and they don't have as much cover and they don't have as big of game they're generally not going to get as big they can they can still get huge you know, I've heard of, you know, nine, 10 footers down south, like in the, uh, in, mm -hmm. in Texas, but up here, they have to uh, contend with grizzly bears and they have to kill things as big as bison and moose and elk. Yeah. So they have to get really big. So it's actually, yeah. it's actually not uncommon for some people to, to say that they've seen something that's 12, 13, 14 feet tall up here. Um, wow. And that's, that's what we consider the big males. When, when we're talking about eight feet up here, you know, that's the, you know, 15, 16 inch track. Um, those we consider, you know, the sub adults, you know, juveniles essentially. And we, yeah. we feel like the reason why they're seen more often is, well, if you compare Sasquatch to humans, who's the, what, which age group doesn't listen? Right. It's the teenagers, yeah. the preteens yeah, and the teenagers, teenagers. That, think that, that they think they know everything and they're not going to listen to mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, the teenagers I have running around here. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> so you know what, what I'm talking about. Yeah, so, man, you know, mom, sure. dad, they say stay away from the humans. They're dangerous. We don't want them coming in here. And yeah. you got 
you got the teenagers going, well, I want to go look at them anyway. So they come in and uh, actually this last, this last time um, we'd gone squatching, but I left my, my teepee tent open and, you know, like zip zipper undone door wide open and come back. And uh, I noticed a single footprint right outside my teepee and it was 13, 14 inches long. So that would, to, wow. to us, um, I mean, it, it's not an exact science, but like with humans, there's a generally a proportion of size. So, you know, I'm about six foot tall and my, my foot barefoot is about 12 inches in length. So, yeah. uh, the, and, and it's, it's for most people too. I mean, it's, like I said, it's not exact, but for most people, they, they fall within this, this boundary. So if, if it's 13, 14 inches, we're, you know, we're talking about six and a half, seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. So it's still bigger than me. And uh, right. I could, I, I wasn't able, I wasn't able to leave uh, that, that deep of an impression because it was dry at the time. So like, like I said, I figured it's probably one of the juveniles because uh, we actually ended up going across the river where we thought we heard some, some noises and we found uh, another track the same size. And I think another one that was about 16 inches around, around over there too. And we're like, well, it's probably the teenagers coming in, checking on us because I had set up an audio recorder. And uh, he said that he heard something throwing rocks at him for a while throughout the night and uh, walking up on camp. And uh, it, it gets, it's, it's crazy out there, but it's, it's really magical. It's really calm and peaceful. You got the, the river flowing there. It's, cool temperatures in the shade and you know there's pine trees it's not you know a, a deciduous trees is not no not much relief bearing trees it's all needles mostly mm. up there um but uh you know it's just it's just really peaceful and quiet it's just like the perfect setting to go camping um last year we actually uh, had a, a mule female deer come into camp like mm. she came up like eight feet from me I mean, out of, the, out of the dark, and she went around the fire, and uh, she started nibbling on some of the grass or what, whatever was laying down there. And we were sitting there chatting. The fire was going, and she didn't mind us at all. I even got up, went over to the other side of the fire near her, grabbed the the bundles of, of dry uh, wood that we had, the the sticks, and. Uh, end up snapping those you know to break them up to feed the fire she didn't react at all i was probably 10 <laughs> feet from her she didn't care yeah. and, and i think that was, a, it was in september and not this last september but the september before and i think it was about the beginning of bow hunting season mm-hmm. so hunters are out you'd think that should be on alert well right. she didn't care that i was right next to her breaking branches but from across the river where uh we hear noises quite often. Um, we heard uh, the wood knocker. We, we consider it a mouth pop. It's something that they do with their mouth. Um, but she, there was one single pop from across the river and she alerted to that directly. Like she perked up, turned in the direction that she heard it, you know, and that we heard it. And she was uneasy to the point that when we got up to go look for something that I thought I dropped earlier that day uh, and we couldn't find it, ended up it was uh, buried in my bag, um, but we turned around to go head back to the camp. Well, lo and behold, 
right behind us was this same female deer. She was so scared of something that she left the, the camp and followed us up the river. Wow. And then followed so us was, back to the camp. So she was hanging she was out scared. with you guys. Yeah. yeah. All, all night even when we got up, her and a few other does popped their head up as soon as we got out of our tents to start the fire. And uh, so that was, that was interesting because I've never personally seen a deer hang around the humans all night. All right, now it's just the weirdest thing. Um, so, like I said, you know, stuff like this—it's—it's it's not proof. It's not going to, uh, you know, convince anybody that Sasquatch is out there. But it's just weird things that happen out in the woods that seem to be unnatural. That you know, like I said, you know, the teepee that's interwoven, interlocking like seven live trees. You know, they're they're still growing. But how does that happen? We don't have a twister that's going to form up, you know, 8,000 feet in the air on a mountain ridge to tangle a couple of trees uh, right next right. to a river. It doesn't happen. Snow load is not going to get them interwoven 30 feet in the air. It doesn't happen. So right. what is it? And, and like I said, it's so thick back there that heavy machinery couldn't get to there without destroying half the trees. Um, so yeah, a lot of this stuff is just, it's on a mountain range that's a, it's a pass during the summer, no access for most of the year, and we're finding a lot of this weird stuff. And there's obviously no signs of, you know, heavy machinery to do it. And so we, we document it just to be like, see, something weird's going on. Um, but my, uh, the few times I thought I might have um, seen Sasquatch, um, I was driving along Oh, I had just started driving along uh, what's called Flathead Lake uh, in the Flathead Valley. It's a uh, northwestern Montana. Um, it goes from Polson all the way to Kalispell, basically. Um, it's right there by Glacier National Park. For anybody that wants to Google that, it's a beautiful area. But uh, I had just started driving along it, and it was becoming dusk, so the sun was starting to set. It was having that reddish-orange uh, sky, and I just happened to look up uh, this one off trail off the highway. So I was going about 60 miles an hour, but uh, I had seen this large, um, tall, uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like a rough shape. It was, it was kind of smoothish looking, but it was, it was kind of tall and in the middle of the, the, the track there. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. But what got me thinking it might've been a Sasquatch is because originally I thought it might've been like a horse feeding, you know, it was kind of like that, that smooth look when you're looking at the front or the back end of a horse, it's kind of got the little smooth humps. Well, I was like, well, maybe it was a horse, you know, just eating and facing the direction of the highway, you know, whatever. But I had gone back there later and had my wife take pictures of me in the area that I had seen this, this figure. And you can hardly see me, you know, I'm, like I said, 5'11", six foot in my shoes, uh, 250 plus, you know, I'm not a small guy. I'm not, you know, Andre the Giant, of course, but you know, you, you could barely see me in the picture from where the highway was. And so then I made a um, representation of what I thought I had seen, you know, the shape wise, and it dwarfs me. And I'm like, there's no way this was a horse. Even if it was a Clydesdale, there's no way it's gonna dwarf me by like two feet up in the air and another right. foot and a half, two feet, you know, sideways. But it wasn't, you know, like a truck or uh, farming equipment, which 
we see all the time up here. It's Montana after all. <laughs> mm. um, so that was one time I thought I might've seen one. Um, but like I said, I can't verify it. Um, this last summer, there was a time when I was talking with one of the guys up there and uh, I had cut the sight of a large dark brown figure that flashed from one tree to another about 50 yards in the background. And uh, the guy that was standing next to me, we were facing two other people. He saw a dark figure flash by too. So it wasn't just me that saw it. But again, I couldn't verify it because I was, I was looking at our, you know, our group talking to them face to face. And I just saw this flash of, of dark brown. And it was someone in the group actually walked over there and he wasn't anywhere near as tall or as high in the, in the uh, bush as this thing was. So like I said, I can't say, oh, it was a Bigfoot. It was just a large dark brown flash of color. Nice. So that was a possible you know, second sighting, but it just so fast, I don't know what's going on. Um, now I've, I've heard, you know, the mouth pops or the wood knocks. Um, I've heard a whoop, at least, at least one whoop. Um, and have you ever heard the samurai chatter? Oh yeah. 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 So this other location, it's actually up on another mountain range, uh, right near a ghost town that we have here. Um, it's called Coloma. Um, and about 6.30 in the morning, I was going to, uh, I was supposed to call uh, my wife's grandmother uh, to wake her up or something. Um, but I sent her a text instead because it was really a crappy signal. I figured at least a text would eventually possibly go through if it had a few seconds. Well, at that time after hitting send, I heard um, it sounded like a raven caw twice and it transitioned into the, the kind of the samurai chatter garble and it yeah. did it twice and everybody else was asleep but i was like this is the weirdest thing i've never heard that before <laughs> so i mean yeah it wasn't you know like ron orhead's sierra sounds and all that stuff but it's just a quick few seconds of you know something i can't you know put in the animal category right that was uh that was interesting um, but yeah, so any of that Bigfoot stuff, if you guys want to check it out, it's World Bigfoot Radio. Uh, it's uh, Brian Duke Sullivan, and he's the, the host and proprietor of that channel. Um, you know, he's, he's a good guy. Um, so yeah, any of that stuff you guys want to look at, you know, whether you want to believe it or not, you know, that's documented there. Um, and then I guess I'll go into some of the paranormal stuff that's kind of happened in, in my life. All right. Um, I, let me, let me cut you off just before you get started on that. Um, one, I will definitely check out world Bigfoot radio and anything that you want to send, I would love to put on the website or throw up on the YouTube channel, but I don't want to step on Duke's toes there. So um, if you want to just direct people to that, to world Bigfoot radio, that, that'd be great. Um, but you mentioned on top of that ridge, those boulders. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing that came to my mind would be some kind of windbreak, you know, or or another kind of blonde. Because if you're up on that ridge, there's probably high winds and stuff like that. And I don't know. That's just. It, it sounds like if you're going to build a structure on top of a ridge, 
it would be to create a blind spot or to block the wind if you're going to sit up there for long lengths of time as like an observation kind of spot. Um, I just I just wanted to comment on that. I think I think that's that sounds like something that would be way overkill for it to be man-made. You know. I, well, I think, and, and uh, that actually reminds me. Um, probably about a mile uh, from that. Uh, not this last year, but the year before we'd gone up an, another uh, in, incline and we found some more megalithic structures that I was kind of alluding to, but then I you know, got trailed off. I'm good like that. Um, <laughs> but we found this, this, this other one that kind of looked like a wall, almost like uh, down in South America where the boulders almost seem to be cut and exact fit. And if mm. I can find that, I can send that to you as well. And yeah. on top, when I climbed up on top of it, uh, one of the uh, there was a, a crack like where the boulders had split or separated and there was about half an inch to three quarters inch of what looked like mortar it's a completely different rock and it's almost like concrete but yeah. again this is a, a remote mountain pass in montana and we have barely a million people in this entire state and right, not yeah. many people not many people are taking this pass because it's so narrow and kind of dangerous and it's closed right. off most of the so the fact that this is completely, you know, away from the road and there's no trail leading up to it, um, it's kind of a conspicuous being out there. Because like I said, it's, yeah, it it's, it's, it's like a, an even layer of, of almost like concrete mortar. So it's, wow. I'll, I'll just see if I can find that and send it to you. Cause that was, that was one of the things that kind of blew our mind. Like, what, what is this? Maybe, maybe there was kind of an ancient, you know, structure back here at one point, and maybe yeah. they're guarding it. We don't know. You know, yeah. it's, yeah, it's one of those things that kind of ties all the weirdness in together. You know, like maybe Sasquatch <laughs> has ties with aliens or something. Yeah, well, man. We, yeah, yeah, I'm all about it. We don't know. Yeah. Um, and you, but you also talked about. Uh, you said that the wood knocks. You, you guys tend to think it's like a mouth pop. Um, you think it's like a maybe like a tongue click like off the roof of their mouth like a kind of noise instead of it's it's very possible one of a uh, of our of our group that occasionally gets out there he's able to do a a tongue uh, pop that is really loud and echoes through the forest me i i personally if i was going to do it uh, i i did it once before and and some of the group was like knock it off it's going to piss them off but I, you know, I just I open my mouth into a, a bowl shape, and then I cut my hands and clap them together right next to my mouth, and it and it reverberates a, a loud echo. Oh, wow. um, and so that that's what I do. And and my uh, my toddler actually, he uh, when he was younger recognized that as oh daddy's home because I'd come home and pop pop, and he'd come <laughs> running out of his room, daddy. <laughs> I'm like. <"Yep." laughs> So he recognizes that as uh, daddy's home. Awesome. Hey, give me one, man, if you can. Let me hear one. Oh, here, let me let me put the phone down and see if I yeah. can uh, get that for you. I hate to put you on the spot, but I don't hate it too bad. I want to hear it. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, let me see here. Let's see if I can set it down gently without making too much noise. All right, so. Oh wow! Probably doesn't sound too doesn't sound too great here in the in the garage. No, it sounded uh, good, yeah. But you know, like out there in the trees, it just has an ambient 
uh, carryover that just kind of echoes and reverberates through the branches and all that stuff. So out there, it, it sounds a lot better. <laughs> I can I can definitely hear how that would that would sound like a tree knock. Like yeah, I really can't. It it sounds kind of like a like a hollow knocking. I don't know if it transferred through the you know through the radio or whatever, but I I can definitely hear it through the phone here. Yeah, so I mean that's that, that's how I can do it. I can't do the mouth click like I've tried that a thousand times. I just can't get it. You know, like some people can hold their finger up to their mouth and do a whistle through it. Can't do that. My yeah, mom yeah. can. Yeah. So um, some people can do it. Some people can't. It's it's okay. I'll stick to my mouth, yeah. pop with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to cut you off there, man. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the paranormal, man. I love it. Okay, uh, not a problem. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can go to thebumppodcast.com, click on the episode tab, and find every episode that I've done on there. Also on the homepage, you'll find links to Teespring and Redbubble for my merch. I got tons of different designs. You can order them through there on just about anything you want. So go check that out. You can also find a link to my YouTube channel from there where I have videos and bonus content uh, that you don't want to miss. There's some, there's some pretty good stuff on there that goes along with the shows that we do. And lastly, I have opened up an Etsy store since I can't do shows or conventions or anything right now. Um, go to the Etsy store and anything that I would sell at a vendor's table, I'm going to put on there. So any support I can get really helps out. It goes a long way. It keeps me from having to open up a Patreon or make some of this like a members-only thing. So all the support I can get, I really appreciate. So again, thank you for listening and don't stop believing.